0: Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of One Click Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies, we feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to B2B Made Simple. Joining me on the show today, I have Edita. She is the VP of marketing at Synthes. And uh, before we continue, Edita, thank you for being here. But have would you pronounce your last name? That was the one thing I wasn't going to be able to do today.
1: No, <laughs> well, no worries. Um, it's Edita Vatianita.
0: At I love Synthes. it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being here um, to kick us off. I always like to throw a little bit of a curveball question. So if you had to choose between, I don't want to scare you, but if you had to choose between Coke and Pepsi, what direction would you go?
1: I hate soda, but Coke, oh, right?
0: Because of the brand? Yeah. Okay. Spoken <laughs> from a true marketer right there.
1: Guilty, guilty.
0: So since you don't drink soda, is there anything that you do enjoy drinking?
1: Water, wine, and tea.
0: There you go. All right. You've heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: very well-defined category <laughs>
0: <laughs> well anyway I appreciate you being here um we're gonna jump right into this you and I what one of the things that I like to do is is get on a prep call with um our podcast guests and before uh, we do the actual recording and one of the things that we figured out would be really interesting to talk about is what is dead in b2b um, and what isn't so my opening question to you adita would be um You believe that the MQL isn't necessarily dead, uh, but instead poorly executed marketing is dead. Um, So to start us off, why do you think that is?
1: Yes. So I love that question. I think when we initially spoke, there was just so much, there was so much content around on LinkedIn and everywhere about MQL being dead. And 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 I hate that notion because if MQL is dead, how do you define relationship between marketing and sales? Mm -hmm. Right. So marketing's job is to educate prospects, to bring awareness, generate demand with the goal of bringing these prospects to sales. So at what point do you hand off uh, marketing qualified leads, MQLs, Mm -hmm. or however you want to call them, right, to sales? And I think what we've done for the past 10 years was really, really poorly defined MQLs. So when, if we think that MQL is somebody who downloads an ebook or you know, signs up for a webinar. That's definitely not a marketing qualified lead. It's a person looking for information, trying to educate themselves. I do that a lot. Just because I downloaded your ebook, I don't want you to be calling me. You know, like don't call me. I'll call you. So, but 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 for sales. But once you educate that person to the level where a person is like, yes, I kind of understand what you're doing, and I want to hear more. And they go to your website and they submit either you know booking a demo or request. For a demo or contact us. I basically I want to talk to a person
0: mm-hmm.
1: that is an MQL. I don't know how how now people prescribing that MQL is dead. How do yeah. you you know how do you call that? Because that's a marketing-qualified lead. So I'm interested in hearing more. I talk hopefully with your salesperson. And then you know, we can we confirm that what you do, I'm interested in sales confirms that I am in a position to buy and have a budget to buy that's an SQL. So to me, like all of this works, it's just how we've defined. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with how we measure mark- how we measure and what are metrics. And there was just this push for MQLs. So everybody got real creative with real poor marketing tactics and in, in generating these MQLs, these mm-hmm. MQLs, you know, then, what later we found out that those MQLs don't turn into open opportunities and opportunities. One. And I think that's why there's a lot of like, oh, MQL is that MQL is that because we're doing all these real poor practices mm-hmm. just to bring these people so we can shove them down, you know, to SDR so they can in turn, you know, just harass people with emails and never ending phone calls. And I think that's that's the poor marketing. We market it to people the way we don't want to buy. I mm-hmm. don't want to harass every time I engage with some sort of piece of content. I want education. I want to hear, I want you to show me that you know what you're talking about. And then, you know, hopefully you have a website set up in a way that I can find how to contact you and you respond to me. That's an MQL. So MQL is not that. It's just poor marketing practices. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. So would you you instead say that maybe we're just defining the MQL wrong because at an organizational level, we're set up to send tens of thousands of leads a year to an SDR farm?
1: Yeah, so I think that, you know, that's the important part between working with marketing and sales is to define, do you want just huge numbers of these MQLs, the dead ones, true? Mm -hmm. Or are you okay with getting smaller number, but those people who are really raised the hand? So at Synthase, I'm in constant conversation with sales, you know, to define, do you want to get this 100 MQLs? Because I can make it happen. But do you want to talk to these people who will be just accosted by you just because they accidentally clicked, accidentally or not, but right, like engage with some content? Do you mm-hmm. want them? And now SDRs are like, no, no, we want people who really want to talk to us because our all our time resource is limited. So for the SDRs, they have limited hours in a day that they can reach out to people. So would you rather be spending time reaching out to people who have, you know, no interest being reached out to, will ignore your calls and will delete your emails over and over and over again? Or do you want a person who I submitted a form? I'm waiting for you to reach out to me. And once you reach out to me, like that's a conversation. I want to talk to you. You want to talk to me. (laughs) You know, that's a a match made in heaven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying if they reach out and they have declared the intent, that they're ready to talk to sales or, or take the next step. That's what you would consider an MQL. Am I right?
1: Correct. Correct. That's marketing. You know, we as marketing organization, done enough work to communicate our value proposition, who we are to educate as much as we could, that it sparked your interest that you have, you as a prospect, right? You have an understanding and you want to continue the conversation. Maybe you misunderstood what we're offering and that's also fine. Right. But You're raising a hand to learn more and to engage with us person to person. That's a marketing qualified lead.
0: Yeah. Now, is that something that we should go to sales and ask, hey, what would you consider an MQL? Or nine times out of 10, are they on the same page that when someone is ready to talk to us, we want to talk to them as well?
1: So I think that depends on organization, Mm -hmm. right? We are are, a startup. So we have a small sales team. We have a small marketing team. So we want to make sure that we utilize our limited resources to, you know, to, for the best outcomes and best outcomes is obviously talk to people that want to talk to us. So, but yes, it's, it's a conversation between sales, right? If mm-hmm. sales wants as many MQLs as possible, then, um, you know, that, 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 that's that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's been my experience, right? Like, do you want to talk to people who want to talk to you versus Mm -hmm. just want names to be forwarded so you can harass them?
0: Yeah. So is that, is that a conversation that you've had to have, have had to have (laughs) with your sales team, just making sure that you have, you know, the, the clear definitions in place?
1: Yes. Yes. So we constantly, I'm, I'm very new at Synthase and we have a VP of sales just starting next week, actually. But I've had multiple conversations with our current sales team to really come to agreement what we call an MQL and mm-hmm. are we all happy with the definition of what MQL is and what are the next steps to move mm-hmm. that MQL?
0: Gotcha. Um, so I think one of the traps that marketers fall into a lot is they chase many things, especially things that get us an easy win. Who doesn't like an easy win, right? But a lot of times they are hacks and tricks that end up not really turning into anything, but they think they'll work and they continue doing it over and over again, right? Um, so why should we as marketers stop going after those things? I mean, are there certain things that you've identified that you're like, just don't do this because it's not going to get you the outcome that you're thinking?
1: Yeah. So, right. There is B2B marketing and B2C. Mm-hmm. So it's very different. I, as a, as a customer, right. So I'm a customer as B2C. I'm also customer as B2B. So what works at B2B versus B2C, like display ads, mm-hmm. you know, never have I ever, if I went on the website and then you just follow me with display ads of like, Oh yes, yes. I definitely want to, you know, go back. I forgot to read about it and click more. Like, no, I was on the website, I know where I was. I'll yeah. go back if I need it, right? So, like things like display network. When it's B2C, if I was shopping for something and I decided maybe not to continue with transaction, those display ads, like hey, like you forgot something in the shopping cart? Do they work? Well, me it does they do. Yeah, it's so, a good you know, reminder.
0: <laughs> I
1: think yeah. I think they, you know, in those instances they do, but in B2B, when we're talking about thousand dollar, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of products, solutions. That you remember
0: that you need to make that purchase.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like, oh yeah, I was in the middle of buying that software for 50K. And then <laughs> but now that you reminded me, I'm totally in, yes, yes. Yeah. Let me let me complete that transaction. It's it's such sort of things that don't really work. I think a lot of times we market to others how we don't want to be marketed to. You know, it's the same with this, you know, display ads. Or emails that are just, you know, we serve Oracle, Facebook, and so-and-so is, is uses I me, mean, like, good luck. I mean, congratulations. Like, I don't know what you're selling, and your email does not say anything clear, so delete. You know, do I fall for emails, cold emails that clearly define what is it is that they're offering? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like you know dude, i don't know why we think why we think that different people are different that that someone's going to fall for a hokey subject line you know or email that's you know when was the last time it worked i don't know mm-hmm. so i don't know why but i think it's it's really depends on the organization and what organization drives like if there's a, a ceo or a board that drives for those vanity metrics that they want to see a lot of leads a lot of mqls as a marketer you know how to do that. You can pump up those numbers, but will that result in increased revenue? That's the question. So yeah. it's, you know, it's really, you always at the mercy of your overall overlords, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and for those who are lucky, who work with companies that want to go for what's meaningful. So, you know, provide meaningful education, really help clients understand what, what we do and engage in a meaningful way, the way we would, be, we would want to engage, I think everybody wins, mm-hmm. but that you know, depends.
0: Yeah, and it, it comes back to, just like you mentioned, how would I want to be marketed to as an individual or a consumer? And how can I put my consumer glasses on and look through the lens of a consumer at our marketing and see are we buyer-focused or are we like trying to shove someone into our ideal funnel by creating fifty thousand MQLs from an ebook, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. agreed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally like I, I I download ebooks. That's fine. I like them, and 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 it's the quality, right? It's not to say that ebook is a bad tactic or, or like defining maybe MQL, right? mm-hmm. but that ebook really has to provide a lot of value, and I have I've had those where you download an ebook and they're like yes this ebook proves that you vendor know everything from a to z about this problem I you know seems like you outlined every single step I could do it but obviously at that point I'm like yes you seem like you know what you're doing I would like for you to do this this tactical work or whatever mm-hmm. so uh, so it's possible but still don't call me I'll call you <laughs>
0: yeah yeah you
1: know it's it's a good way of educating people so it's not like it's it's a bad thing it's, it's, if it's done well it's a it's a really good you know good good way of educating people bringing awareness but then do I want to be passed on to SDR I still don't want to I want to make my own decision mm-hmm. when I want to talk to people right yeah. so so educating enough Outlining what the next steps for me to go to the website to make sh- you know, to see how this works, how the process works, who can I contact to hear more? That's how you want to mark. I want to be marketed that way, and I want to market to others the same way. I'm assuming that's what people prefer. I yeah. could be wrong.
0: <laughs> well, no, I don't think you're very far off base at all with that. And the thing that you keep mentioning is just because we're here slamming these poorly done ebooks or spamming yeah. emails doesn't negate that the channel could work because you just mentioned that a well uh, written packed with value ebook works that you open. And a lot of times respond to cold emails that are straight to the point and aren't spammy. I can't say I do the same with that one, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you're saying that these, these channels do work, but it's how we're approaching them as marketers that needs to change.
1: Agreed. It's quality, right? So people say, oh, email is dead. Email is definitely not dead. Email mm-hmm. is alive and well is just poorly executed email yeah. that's dead and should be dead, right? Like we all mm-hmm. hate to be bombarded with so many emails. But if it's a if it's a good email, we still work within an email. Every day you and I and every professional mm-hmm. uses email. So, so to say that it doesn't work, it's not true. It does work. It's just how you do it, it's the same with ebooks. It's it's yeah, I think that. We're slamming a lot of tactics and channels, but because most of it is educated, uh, executed poorly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? But if it's well done, well done ebook or white paper, or whatever, right? It adds value. It's done well. If the nurture campaign is edu- it's executed really well, will work. It's these poorly done with you know backhanded, just like. Yeah, this is yeah. what it is. You know, you downloaded ebook about nothing. We just put the three paragraphs there, nice pictures, and now we're gonna send all these emails. God forbid you will e- open one.
0: That will be your person
1: finding your contact information on Zoom info and trying to call you on your cell phone, which is very weird because now <laughs> we start, you know we work from home, and I get these calls on my cell phone, and I'm like. I'm
0: like, no, I don't want
1: to talk on the phone on my personal phone with you.
0: (laughs) Are there any B2B marketing tactics or even mediums that no matter how well they're executed, they actually don't work, yet people are still doing them. Do you see any of those? I mean, we talked about ebooks. They can be done well and they still work. Is there anything that comes to mind off the top of your head that's like, just stop?
1: (laughs) I mean, I think display ads for B2B. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I don't know what works mean, you know. Yeah. In, in in that terms, will I click on the ad and I'll come to your website and fill out the contact us form? Probably hundred percent no. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, especially any-
0: the more expensive so, these yeah. the software or the product that you're selling is. I mean, they could yes. work, like you said, in B two C, a very a very. Shoes.
1: It's like hey, like the, these shoes that I always wanted, like Nikes, new Nikes. Mm-hmm. yes but for enterprise to enterprise kind of or small you know yeah. exactly software no it's not like display not what else doesn't work at all I don't know I think that display is one of the dumbest things
0: mm-hmm. yeah there. okay well that's a good one um so another question I have for you here is when it comes to the buyer experience one of the things that you're a proponent of is talking to your buyers to see like how they prefer to be interacted with? Have you gained a lot of insights from your ideal customers and things like that just from talking to them?
1: So I'm in completely new industry, life Mm -hmm. sciences. I talk to biologists. So all of this is new and I am asking those questions, right? Because I don't know. I don't know. And nobody has asked them. There's no, um, this existing research or surveys that exist that, gives us any information on how buyers in life sciences specifically act. I do I do ask them um, the question the, the answers so far, so I just started you know interviewing I just which is going I'm just going through the list of our customers and interviewing them. And so far the answers are not what the marketing experts, let's say mm. teach on LinkedIn. you yeah. know, conferences are dead, vendors are dead. You know, la la la. Um, they get the information from conferences.
0: Hmm.
1: They get information from vendors. Interestingly enough, so that was um, that was different from different industries that I worked before. The idea that I learn about new technologies from talking to vendors, I was like, oh, okay. So you're interested in talking to vendors? That's mm-hmm. that's great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back for that one.
1: (laughs) You know, like outbound works. So we want to be reaching out to these people with these well-crafted emails, explaining them solutions and kind of getting foot in the door. Um, Conferences, you'll you'll hear, you know, from every expert on LinkedIn, how conferences are dead, not according to life sciences. Hmm. It's just a very technical. So, you know, I would like for them to say LinkedIn but they're not saying that. <laughs> so, you
0: know. But that's great that they're not saying that because imagine if you allocated a bunch of resources to LinkedIn, because that's where everyone's saying to be, but because you were, you dug in and figured that out, you could have saved, you've saved yourself hundreds of hours, probably a lot of money, a lot of resources, obviously the time, because you simply talk to your buyers. <laughs>
1: But it could be that they're yeah. not getting information from LinkedIn because there is no good information
0: on LinkedIn. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: Right. So I came on um, prior industry was engineering simulation. And when I started, you know, their, their LinkedIn pages were also kind of like dead, you know, the way we executed them, was also boring stuff, just sharing a white paper and stuff. stuff. So there was no engagement and nobody cared. And we started sharing different content. So more engaging. It's um it's simulation. So it's very visual. It's very cool to it. You can actually show how software simulates while you're doing something, mechanical, electromagnetic fluids. It's it's very, very cool even for non-engineer to see. So we start putting out all the, that content and we started gaining LinkedIn followers exponentially and gaining engagement. And then conversations had started happening also on linkedin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know this is an interesting point like yes maybe right now you're not learning because maybe no one's providing you anything good and in- anything interesting on on that channel because i see that people that are on linkedin you know mm-hmm. they do share things they do react it's just that we're not putting out that educational content on linkedin right now so there's nothing for them to learn but it yeah. could be changing so it's you know it could be 50-50 it's mm-hmm. maybe they will never use LinkedIn uh, to gain information. Maybe they will once we actually start putting it out. So, yeah,
0: well, that's a good point. I, I oh. guess I assumed that because they weren't consuming content so on LinkedIn, not giving
1: them anything to consume. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just assumed that they weren't on the platform at all, but what you're saying is, well, we dug yeah. a little deeper. We found our ideal buyer was on LinkedIn yeah. and apparently no one is creating that content. That's, that's brilliant.
1: Yeah. That's an, oh, that's an opportunity for us. Yeah. I
0: see it. Yes, yeah, that's awesome. So you said you've you've gotten some wins through LinkedIn because you're you're talking to customers. Is there anything else that you're just like, man, I am so thankful that I talked to our, you know, whatever top 10 accounts or anything like that, that you're just like, I would not have realized this without speaking to them.
1: Um, not at this point. Again, mm-hmm. I'm I'm new. Um For now, it's mostly learning how they talk about challenges, you know, what they call, because it's, again, it's a very technical field. Different scientists call things differently. So I want to hear what what their, you know, their own words when they look for solutions, like what is it that you're looking for? Um, What attracted them specifically to our brand, to our product? What value proposition so we can talk more about that, that aspect or that, that feature rather than something else. Like for example, you know, we talk about our software is SaaS, it's cloud-based mm-hmm. um, and maybe internally we could think that this is a big deal and maybe it is, and maybe it's an assumed benefit that's when the customers say, like, they'll never say, oh, like I liked it because it was on the cloud versus on-prem. They, they call, you know, they point out different features that was, that attracted them to the software and maybe cloud is something that they just assume. So for yeah. me, like I, I don't need to push the cloud messaging. I need to push more of like benefits, what they're actually helping them do, the specific, mm-hmm. specific capabilities.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so I've asked this question on the podcast before when people talk about talking to customers and I'm curious, like, how do you get them on a call? Do you just shoot them an email and say, hey, I'm the VP of marketing at Synthase. Like, I just want to chat. Is it That's like a good
1: question? I want to I'm hear about the last question. Yeah. So um very I'm very lucky. This is a again startup. So we're all like big family and we, you know, <laughs> yeah. we treat our customers like family. We're very engaged with them. And the way it happens, it's our customer success, um, VP of customer success just because I'm new. So we kind of using that mm-hmm. hook as like, hey, there's new VP of marketing. So I'd love to you know hear more, more about what you do. And yeah. We just do the email introductions, and I get on a call and I talk to them.
0: That's awesome. So it's it's like it's not as hard as what some people might think. Then, huh?
1: You know, I think I think again, it's a it's a small company benefit. Um, I was at the bigger company before, public company, to get to talk to customers. It's really hard because there's so many account managers, you know, multiple account managers to every big customer. Um, it's hard to get to that. But before that, again, I was a startup and that was the same experience where we all, you know, we're all family. We all know our customers. So it's just an introduction. They're like, hey, here's the details. She wants to talk to you. Are you okay? You yeah. usually always say, okay, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, I ask for half an hour and it's, you know, cause I'm, I'm generally interested in what they do, how they do it. And then. And I will say, like, you know, I'm in marketing. I want to know how do you, like, mm-hmm. how do you go gather information? What works for you? What doesn't? I want to know better how to sell to you.
0: Yeah. And because,
1: <laughs> so tell me.
0: Yeah, because you guys have built the relationship with your customers, which I guess could be a podcast all on its own. Um, they're like open to the conversation. It's not like you have to like beg them to get on the phone to talk to them. They're, they're happy to at this point.
1: Yes. And I think you know it's um it's a it's a big thanks to our customer success that that they really work with customers on deploying and making sure that they're happy not not, not so much I mean they're happy, like are you using it? Are you using correctly? Can we help you how to use it better? So you develop that relationship that, you know, it's just again, like if, if you if I was your customer and you always help me, if you come to ask me like, hey, my boss wants to talk to you, like well, why would I say no? Of course mm-hmm. I'll say it. Yeah. So it's kind of like treat others the way you want to be treated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a, a good rule of thumb for sure. Um so would you consider what would you consider to be good marketing? I'm curious to know in your words, in like a sentence or a paragraph, what would you consider consider good marketing?
1: I think it's educating, right? It's educating, pro- giving enough information and tools to help me imagine how it can be better, like doing my work. So the same way I would market to my prospects, it's about how to help them do work differently, better. Like, you know, our software is completely changing how biological experiments are done. Cause so right now it's everything on paper and it's, it's very, very time consuming, you know open to lots of human error, Just just tedious work. Versus what you can do with software, you can take this manual work and just have computer technology help you do it, right? So opening the minds, but it's it's a, it's a very conservative um, industry. It's very skeptical. You know, everyone's PhD and all, everyone's questioning whether does it really work? Does it really do what you say it does? And it's all about educating. So it's the same, you know, how I am a customer. Like I want to learn how to do things better. So if your marketing is focused on, this is how it's better. Like, this is what you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm interested in learning more. Yeah. Well,
0: I think we're definitely aligned on that for sure. I am a big proponent of that. Um, Well, Adita, I want to mix things up a bit here uh, to close us out, um, to give you uh, the, the opportunity to become the, what I call the podcast host here. So I'm going to do is throw the mic over to you. And if you have any questions you want to shoot my way before uh, we sign off, uh, Okay.
1: Awesome. So you're a website design agency, right? Yes. And I want to learn how to do things better as I mm-hmm. just mentioned. <laughs> um, what is like, what is the thing? What is the hottest new thing? Or maybe an old good tried thing that people who are in charge of the website don't ask you to do, you know, do design engineer or just don't, don't use it. Like don't use some sort of capability.
0: Yeah. Um, so we are a WordPress agency, right? And what that means is WordPress requires a lot of backend babysitting. Um, and some companies, not all sleep on the importance of that, because unfortunately you could get hacked if you don't take care of it. And that's not to scare people away from WordPress, but it is an issue. So one of the things that we, um, preach is like you need to make sure the back end is updated you have constant updates um your plugins are updated the theme everything right and in what that does is that will actually increase the speed of your website when things are taken care of well right and again we're going back to like giving the best experience possible for your buyers when you're negating the back end it doesn't matter how good the front end of your website is if it's slow that's a horrible experience for your buyer um and that's important to us is like we go and we build a website we don't we want it to look great but we also want it to be fast i um, mean if you're not following the best practices um then that's not going to happen it's going to be a pretty poor experience for people on your website
1: mm-hmm. awesome okay one more can i do a Yeah. One go more? for it absolutely um what, what what do you wish people would stop asking you to do like you know if they put like rfp or however that you know the brief for the website and you read something and you're like, Oh, what is that? You know, what, what gets your, that reaction?
0: Ooh, that's a tough question. Um,
1: Come on. Cause you don't want to offend all these
0: customers. No, I mean, uh, no, honestly, I think one of the things is they, they don't think about their content before they start the design and development process. I am a firm believer that your messaging and your copy should be flushed out in a word doc, I don't care, ready to go and on the website. And I think the argument of, well, I have to see uh, where I'm gonna put the words first. And I kind of see that, but the design should be, the design should cater to your- um,
1: What you want to put out. Yeah,
0: what you, what you write. Right. That's the mm-hmm. word sell, design doesn't. It's the mm-hmm. icing on top, right? Um, so our, our goal is to have all of that pretty much flushed out the content ready to go. And then we can come up with this mock-up and, and move it into development. Um, so the copy and the messaging on your site should dictate the design and the development down the road. So start with your messaging. And again, your copy, move into design. You start with a mock-up and then you move into development. And that's exactly how it should be done.
1: So just very tactical question. So do you prefer to have um, already... Like before I issue RFP or before I, I guess, onboard you or you know, we sign the contract. Mm-hmm. Do I have to have that content developed before that, or or we we talk, we understand, and you know, I go work on the copy, and then you, and then we sign the contract. What's what's the what's the actually timeline? I think it's always hard with different yeah. agencies. You know, how does that? how does that um,
0: workflow will look like? Mm -hmm. So ideally the best workflow that could ever happen is you come to us and you have all your copy flushed out. You have your, your stuff ready to go, but this is not a perfect world, right? So a lot of times we'll base our pricing off of what do we see already on the website? Because a lot of times Mm -hmm. if we're doing a redesign, not many things are going to change. It's mostly like the look, some copy will change. And then we discuss that in some of our early calls. It'll be like, Hey, in regards to how much content we see here on the current site, do you see that changing? Do you see mm-hmm. that going up, going down? And a lot of times it gets the conversation going like, oh, well, you know, like we're going to tweak our messaging a little bit, but a lot of this stays. And then it's like, okay, th- we can get you an accurate quote. So obviously, in a perfect world, I know we mm-hmm. preach like, get the copy done ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, like, I get it. This is a fast paced marketing world and that always yeah. can't happen. So this is like the next plan B uh, scenario.
1: Awesome! 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 That, I
0: yeah. Okay. Cool. I it's very
1: helpful, right? Because I think you know, website—it's it's a constant conversation, and it's uh, different agencies handle that. And you, you know, you design your own workflows based on, for example, my own experience. Mm-hmm. And it's never linear, and like you never know what's coming around the corner when you think about it. <laughs> so it's like, how is it going to be? I'm, I'm yeah. afraid to get into this dance. You know, mm-hmm. if I don't know, like, what are these. Yeah, dance.
0: Well, that's the thing is the one thing that we have to keep in mind, like I said, it, it can, it's great. If this is the perfect world, we get the the content, but no project is the same. Right. And that's the, that's the thing as well is we've learned to be flexible. And I guess I was just kind of going off on a tangent of what I wish would happen. Um, but we've learned to be flexible as to like, we, we actually did this with a client recently. They could not get around the visual aspect before they wrote. The rewrote the messaging and the copy and we're like, you know what like it's not the end of the world it's not gonna mess up our project. We'll shift things around and we'll get it done. Um, but again, in the perfect world and how I think it should be done, um, just put the visual out of your mind and get your story straight and then we can incorporate that into a, you know a, a website and bring it to life. Awesome. Yeah. But hopefully that's helpful uh, for you or whoever's listening, but (laughs) well, awesome. That was, that was a good talk. I'm glad that you were uh, the podcast host there at the end, but Adita, I appreciate you being here on the show. This was a lot of fun. Um, I do always like to ask at the end uh, to tell us a little bit about what your company does for the next uh, minute or so, or give us the elevator pitch. I know we heard a little bit, but where, what do you guys do? And then where can we find out more about your company and even about you?
1: Sure. Um, so Synthes is life sciences R&D software that automates biological experiments and um, insight sharing. So it's a cloud platform where biologists can basically simulate their experiments and get data and do the science part, and basically do you know complex biology and solve the biggest humanities problems. We uh, can find us, us on the website synthase.com and uh, you can always find me on LinkedIn. Edita, but then <laughs> so yeah, it's we, yeah. and then it goes out so yeah.
0: yes and you're so, going to be when we do promos and stuff you'll you'll be tagged in all of this so people will be able to find you uh oh. just in case they can't figure out the last name like <laughs> unfortunately I, I love i love how it sounds but for some reason it will not come off my tongue so
1: <laughs> oh no worries you're not the first one I mean, you're not the only one
0: <laughs> well thanks so much Edita. this was uh, a pleasure having you on
1: thank you sam pleasure being here